In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please be seated. As we begin a new church year, how about some Greek vocabulary to get you started? Biblical Greek, the language of the New Testament, uses different words to describe time. Chronos is clock time. You might know this word from a chronometer. You and I call it a watch. Or chronology, which is a list of a history of events that happen according to time, usually by a date, a year perhaps. Hora. There's another Greek word for you. Hora is a unit of time, an hour, and it does kind of, if you squint a little bit, sound like the English word hour. And then there is the Greek vocabulary word kairos. Kairos is a word that is translated in Romans chapter 13 as time, but it is perhaps better translated as the right time or a limited period of time. That is the time that St. Paul writes about when he says, you know the time in the epistle reading for today. We live in the right time, the kairos, though it is a limited period of time. This right time is more than a season of the church year. Advent, in fact, is a little picture of a bigger picture of time. Four weeks isn't much time to prepare for Christmas, especially when you consider that Hobby Lobby has had the Christmas decorations out since July 5th, and many folks here in Arlington already have their decorations up. We're guilty at the Parsonage. November 1st, the Christmas tree went up, but we make no apologies for that. Nevertheless, four weeks, that's not really a lot of time but it is the right amount of time to prepare within the time that the church lives. Are you confused yet about all this time? Well, let's take some time and work through what is happening here. The end times, the fulfillment of the promise of the final coming of Jesus Christ begins when our Lord takes on flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary Christ's incarnation starts the countdown to the end of Kairos time, the right time. The clock of Kairos time continues to tick. Only our Heavenly Father knows when that countdown will reach zero. Nevertheless, we live as if that countdown will end at any second, even though over 2,000 years have passed since the clock started. Waiting so long causes us to think that Jesus has forgotten about us. We can go about our business as if there is no father or no son. There'll be plenty of time to settle accounts before Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. That's kind of the thinking behind what if our Heavenly Father actually did give us an exact date and time for when Jesus' return would happen. Then we would put off all of this business of the reckoning of our sin. We wouldn't think about anything until a few seconds before he comes and then we'd go, Okay, now, yeah, I repent. Okay, forgiveness, yes, got it. Okay, you can come now, Jesus. No, we live as if this countdown will end any second, even though we've been waiting over 2,000 years. 
God's chosen people, beloved, remember, they waited even longer, many more thousands of years for the coming of the birth of Messiah. And while they waited, the Old Testament people of the promise also fell asleep countless times. They cast off the armor of light and they put on the works of darkness. One example that comes to mind is the incident involving the golden calf. Moses had gone up onto Mount Sinai to have a conversation with our Heavenly Father. Meanwhile, the Israelites were down uh, below the mountain, and Moses had been gone so long that they figured, we're not going to see him any longer. He's up there in the cloud. We're down here in the plain. I think it's time that we make ourselves a new God. And so Aaron says, gather up all the jewelry, all the gold pieces, bring it to me, and I'll fashion something for you. And sure enough, they did, a golden calf. They had a big party and said, here, O Israel, here is the God that led you out of Egypt. Meanwhile, back up on the mountain, Moses is told by God, you better get down there. There's a hot mess going on. And that's what Moses saw. And it was such a hot mess that he took the two tablets of stone in his hand that were written with the very finger of God, the commandments of the people, and threw them down because that's exactly what the Israelites did. They had broken the commandments. They fell asleep. They figured Moses was gone. They figured Jesus was gone. So they'll just make themselves a new God. We also fall asleep. We too cast off the armor of light and put on the works of darkness. Remember what mom and dad said about darkness? Nothing good happens after midnight. I can tell you that it is true as a pastor. I'm on call 24 hours a day. And there have been times when the phone has rang at 3.14 in the morning or 1.47 in the morning or any other time. And I know when that phone rings late at night, it's not usually good news. Yet we live as if midnight is high noon. Our sins are before the world as we no longer want to wear the full armor of God. Instead, giving attention to protection. We try to protect ourselves from everything except the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We let that evil trio run our life with reckless abandon. After all, we think we have plenty of time before Jesus shows up for the final time. Paul reminds us today that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Understanding this from the chronos perspective, it's a true statement. But we're not dealing here, beloved, with chronos time. This is kairos time, the right time. You might even call it the decisive hour. Advent is the decisive hour before the fullness of time breaks forth into our midst. This is the time to shake off everything that gets in the way of receiving Jesus Christ's forgiveness and salvation in the gifts that he gives his church. This is that time. It is, as it were, an internal house cleaning getting ready so that Jesus may pitch his tent among us and dwell for a while according to the flesh. It's a time to prepare for something bigger 
the birth of our Savior according to the flesh. So when Paul says salvation is near, he's not necessarily talking from a directional perspective. Salvation is near. Salvation is on the way, just as salvation was on the way in the promise of the birth of Messiah. Messiah will be here soon enough. In fact, I hope he comes before the end of this sermon. But the fullness of time did come to Bethlehem. The fullness of time will come again in our midst. And it will be seen by all, even by those who wish that Jesus would never show up. And their indifference will be shown to be foolishness. And what looked to be foolishness to many will be seen in the end as prudent waiting and expectation. The ancient church was ready for Jesus at any time. Their prayer was Mara Natha. Come, Lord Jesus. They were ready. Even though it was tens or hundreds of years after Jesus had ascended into heaven and promised the descent of the Holy Spirit, they still lived as if Jesus was going to be here, and they meant it. And it seems as if we get farther and farther and farther away from those events, the birth, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ, the more that we're like, is he going to get here yet? And then we get to thinking, I hope he doesn't get here yet. Man, i got a lot of things to look forward to in my life, especially with a person my age. Come, Lord Jesus. That still remains our prayer. Because he comes again to do away with the world as we know it. And create a new heavens and a new earth. Our home of righteousness. It really is scary to think about it because Jesus ultimately does away with life as we know it and the structures of life. Family is different in the life of the world to come. It's not by human blood. It's by the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Relationships are totally different because all of those who are in Christ Jesus will be together as one big joyful family. And yeah, we will know those who have gone before us in the faith and we'll know them in a totally different way, a new way, a way that our meager, sin-sick brains cannot understand right now. And believe me, I've thought about it. I've spent a lot of time in bed when I was a younger man thinking about what is it going to be like? And it just blew me away. Maybe it's done so for you as well as you think about it. But everything that Jesus does, including his return, he does for you. And he bids us, does St. Paul today, let us walk properly as in the daytime. How do we do that? What does that look like? It looks like living the life Jesus gives you to live. Walking in the parameters of the playground that he puts you in. Doing what is given to do wherever you are given to do it. That's what it means to walk properly as in the daytime. And St. Paul here, more grammar, uses subjunctive mood. Let us walk properly as in the daytime. St. Paul assumes this is a given. You're going to walk this way. You're in Jesus. This is the way Jesus' people walk in the daytime. Paul also realizes, yeah, you're going to stumble. You may even fall. 
more times than not, you will. You will succumb to the many temptations that daily gnaw at your heels. But Christ has been put on you. And his word convicts you of sin and of righteousness and his judgment. And this word declares you to be not guilty of sin. Totally righteous, totally holy in him. All the guilt that you carry around, the guilt that makes you stumble and fall, it goes on Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Because, beloved, this right here is the most decisive hour of all. When Jesus lays his body on the cross. I know, it's something strange to think about this holy season. But Johann Sebastian Bach already has thought about this. After all, Bach is the greatest composer who has ever lived or will ever live. And yeah, I'll stand on Beethoven's coffee table and tell him so. In his Christmas oratorio, Bach, over six parts, gives us the Christmas story. And he gets us right into New Year's Day, where we hear of the circumcision of our blessed Lord. And then he ends, part six, on Epiphany. The coming of the wise men, the magi, to see the Christ child. Gentile Christmas, so to speak. And at the very end of part six, Bach goes back over some of the themes that you've heard over this extended piece of music. And at the very end, there is a stanza of a hymn. And it is sung to the tune of O Sacred Head Now Wounded. And you think to yourself, Lent! Lent! It's January 6th. We shouldn't be thinking about Lent right now. This is Epiphany. It's the Holy Christmas season. We should be thinking about Jesus, baby Jesus. We should be thinking about his circumcision. We should be thinking about the fact that he's going to be a 12-year-old boy pretty soon, hiding out in the temple. Lent? Are you kidding me? No. Lent. Because that's what the birth of Jesus is all about. That's what his first coming is all about. This decisive hour for your sin. To give you his righteousness. And the decisive hour that comes when he rises forth out of the tomb. Living again. That you may have life with him for all eternity. That's what we're preparing for. Life for all eternity with Jesus. Everything goes right back to Easter, even Advent. And that's a good thing. Because it's a season to wake up. Wake up from the sleep and sin of sin and unbelief. That green season, the Trinity tide, man, it's a long time. And it's easy to fall asleep. And that's why Advent is, as it were, a bucket of cold water that gets splashed right in your face. Wake up. Jesus is near. It's time to be ready for him to come. It's Kairos time. And soon it will end. And thus you will always be with the Lord. Until then, we cling to Paul's words. Salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Yes, it is. From this pulpit, from that altar, from this font, there's the places where salvation is near for you. Nearer than when you first believed. And every second that ticks off your chronometer gets us closer to Kairos time ending and Jesus returning 
when we will sing joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.